there's this thing and it's legal. Like, I don't know how, I'm still learning about it, but you don't have to pay taxes. And they were like, oh, no, that's impossible. Mm -mm, that's, mm -mm. <laughs> and you know, the more I kept reading, I was like, wow, like this is, this is possible and this is legal. And it's yeah. just being in the know and having the right relationship and making the right investment. And I can do it too. All right, guys, welcome to another amazing episode. Today we have Daisy Serrano and Luke Debro. They're amazing uh, real estate uh, entrepreneurs and investors. Uh, they're looking to go into multifamily syndication uh, in the long term right now. A lot of passive investing and limited partnership that we're going to dive into. Uh, more specifically, they target and their idea is to educate millennials. Uh, and, you know, if you haven't, reach out to them and, and learn from them because they're very smart people. So we're going to dive right in. And, and, and Luke, Daisy, whoever wants to take it first, just let us know just a little bit about you. How you, uh, how you got into this, this journey and your aha moment into, I guess, large multifamily and what made you want to invest in that? Yeah, definitely. Thank you both, Oscar and Herman, for having us. We're excited to, to be with you and to, to learn more about your experience as well. Um, and yeah, for us, uh, for me personally, I got into real estate because of Luke, um, specifically. Uh, he ended up talking to me. We're actually engaged, so that's probably something to, to mention. Uh, we're engaged, soon to be married, and we're also business partners. Thank you. Uh, and we're also business partners, so doing a lot of this together. Um, as we grow. And so for me, uh, Luke was the one that introduced me to real estate, to multifamily specifically. And at first, I didn't really want to hear it. Um, it seemed really boring. It seemed like I just would see, you know, the underwriting, the spreadsheets, and it just, it didn't catch my attention too much. Um, but I fully supported, you know, what he was doing. And I think just little by little, once I started learning the opportunities, what was available, the impact, um, the access, just how much there was that was a potential within real estate, within multifamily specifically, then that's really what pulled me. Um, and it was just really, you know, little by little. So I started going to uh, real estate uh, meetups with Luke and I joined Women's Real Estate uh, Network, which is an organization here based here in LA specifically for women. Uh, you know, found my niche there, uh, joined uh, a class on raising capital, uh, you know, we started a podcast together. So it just kind of trickled from there. So initially it was just, you know, learning about it, hearing about it from Luke and then investing as passive investors together. And then from there, just continuing to learn more. And, and the more I learned, the more I got sold. Uh, and the more I just was looking forward to doing it full time. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And Luke, how did you feel, you know, about getting into this together and then finding the, you know, moving forward into an actual investment? Yeah, you're, you're, you're thinking from the, uh, from like the LP side, Oscar? Well, yeah, I'm thinking as LP side and then in general, as you guys grew, right? Like what, you know, your comfort level has to be there and be there as partners. You know, how, how did you, how, how did you guys eventually, because it had to click, right? Like, hey, like you're okay with it. I'm okay with it. How did you feel about it? I know how Daisy feels about it. How did you feel? <laughs> yeah, I think, um. You know, I'm one of those people where it's like, okay, I have my mind made up and it's like, this, this makes sense. All right, like, let's do it. Um, that's, that's kind of how I am. Uh, it takes me a little bit of time to end up getting there. But once I'm sold on something, I mean, I'm sold on it and I'm moving forward. Um, and so I think it was, it was, you know, it was a long sales cycle, really. You know, it's like 
it's like being engaged, you know, where it's like you're dating and then you're like slowly but surely like talking about stuff here, talking about stuff there. Um, and, uh, and I think once, once Daisy was able to see the, the kind of power that was available within real estate and like specifically within multifamily, just because of how, how, um, you know, resilient of an asset class it is, then it ended up making, I feel like that's what really kind of pushed her over where she was like, okay, like I can provide more access and wealth for my family and be able to like retire my parents and be able to set an example for my, for my ahada. So it was like, it was like that sort of stuff. And so for me, it was, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't sure if she would ever really be interested in real estate, but I just always kind of talked about it. And then eventually, you know, it ended up happening. So thank God it's, uh, it's moving, it's moving in that direction. <laughs> That's pretty so, interesting. And I think, I think we, we relate to it. And I think a lot of the audience, especially male audience, we can relate to it because guys tend to uh, jump into whatever is exciting. Right. And we're like, okay, hey, this is awesome. And the idea is, is great. And we're going to make a lot of money and this and that. But then women tend to, especially when, when, he, when it comes to couples, I mean, it happened to me and it happened to Oscar too. They're, females are more reserved, right? And they tend to be like, you know what? I want to go on the safe side. I want to I wanna keep it, you know, um, like, like Daisy said at the beginning, you know, is boring, but I'd rather stay on this boring side because I don't want to take that risk. So for, for Daisy, right? How, what was interesting about real estate besides the fact that, yeah, you saw it was lucrative and it was, it was a, a resilient asset, like Luke said, but what was it in your mind that, that made you visualize that, that end product? You're like, you know what, we can do it and, 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 and it's, gonna be, it's not going to be as boring as, as, as I thought it was. And be specific. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, parts are still boring, but <laughs> yeah. it's part of the process, right? Um, but uh, I think I've just learned to love it now. And I mean, what really did it for me is seeing the opportunity to create generational wealth for my family and for my community. Uh, I'm Mexican-American. And so what I saw growing up is that a lot of the different things that I saw within real estate, the access that's available to build generational wealth, to change uh, you know, not just your life, but like the life of other people around you uh, is really like, I'm, I'm really big on community. And so that's really what, um, what pushed it for me and what sold it for me. Uh, and then just the more I learned about it, you know, meeting, you know, your, your, you guys, you both, um, other people, other like amazing women and like men that are out there just kicking ass and like doing, can we, can we cut? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that are out there and that are just you know doing really awesome things and meeting those people that's really what did it because at first a lot of it I saw as you know it's these people and it, I saw it as very removed from who I was myself because I didn't grow up with it because I didn't know anybody that had done it before and once I started meeting those people in person I you know then I realized like oh they're normal human beings just like me so it was really a huge like mental shift um, that had to happen for me, for me to, to see myself in their position as well and see that, you know, if these other people are doing it, then I can do it too. And I can do it maybe even better because there's things that I have, you know, perspectives and, and background and experience that they don't have. And so I just, it was very empowering to then see that, you know, I, I've met people that are doing it, they're doing really amazing things, but it's not just for them. They're actual human beings and I can be that too. And so that's really what propelled me forward. I love it. So when you, when you started analyzing numbers and looking, okay, how did you realize 
like, did you see a specific number one day and say, wow, this can provide an 80% ROI or wow, I can pass this down to my children and let be it tax free. I can, you know, defer taxes till death and then die and never pay taxes. <laughs> like what made you, what, what was one key specific like that, that made you realize, wow, real estate over any other kind of investment? Yeah, that's a really good question. Right now, I'm actually a 1099 uh, employee. And so I, you know, do my own taxes at the end of the year. And so I'm very aware of what I'm paying in taxes. I think when I was a W-2 employee, I just, I didn't know I wasn't as aware because it was taken out of my paycheck, right? Um, now that I've been a 1099 for quite some time, and I learned about all the tax benefits, I read a book, uh, it was part of the Rich Dad Poor Dad collection, where he broke down, you know, all the different benefits and different things that you could do with real estate in terms of tax incentives and tax benefits. And I went to my sisters, I remember, and I said, there's this thing and it's legal. Like, I don't know how, I'm still learning about it, but you don't have to pay taxes. And they were like, oh, no, that's impossible. Mm -mm, that's, mm -mm. And you know, the more I kept reading, I was like, wow, like this is, this is possible and this is legal. And it's yeah. just being in the know and having the right relationship and making the right investment. And I can do it too. So I think just like every piece of knowledge sort of built on the previous one. Um, and I mean, I can keep going and going and going with so many things, but I, that was like a big, a big thing. For me. That's huge because I, and I wanted to make sure you hit that because I knew you were, because I, I know when I first discovered that, I was like, wow, millennials, Latinos, minorities in general, we don't learn this stuff. And this is where, you know, generational wealth is happening and we're kept in the dark. I mean, we just don't know, you know, it's just not something our parents teach us, nothing education system does not teach, but you have to know the people to point you and say, hey, that's where the money is really made. And I'm glad you found it. I really am. Uh, Jeremy, you got anything? No, yeah, it's, it's, it's not part of the conversation, you know, for minorities. We, we worry about other things. Uh, one of the things that's happening right now, you know, all the injustices and all that stuff. But if you look past all the, let's call it injustices and all the, the negativity and all that stuff, there's there's also a lot of opportunities that uh, that we, I don't know, uh, sadly we don't we don't focus on and we don't talk on the daily basis, you know. And, and not only that, we, we don't teach our kids, uh, mm -hmm. which is, is is very sad. Yeah. So let me ask you guys. Uh, how your first uh, limited partnership, uh, you know, began? Like, the, obviously, I mean, I'm not. Are you guys are not accredited investors yet? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So someone had to do a 506B and, and try to approach. Well, didn't approach you guys officially, but how did that all work, right? Because that's another piece, right? We don't hear about these type of investments because they can't advertise to non-accredited investors. So you either have to yeah. know someone or, or hear about someone and say, hey, do you have something? But on, unless people actually want to, you know, which most people, I, I think the less money you have, the more stingy, the more scared you are to ask people about good investments. Yeah. So how did, how did that process go for you guys? Um, really, I had an had a old roommate um, that I lived with and, he had a connection to someone that was a GP and a syndicator. And so I ended up getting connected with that syndicator. He, he, my roommate knew that I was interested in real estate and um, 
and he knew there was something like on the forefront of my mind. So we ended up getting in contact with, I, I guess he ended up getting me in contact with the GP ultimately. Um, and it kind of ended up going that way. And so, you know, at some point there were offerings that were available and then able to look at them. And, and that's kind of how it really ended up happening. I mean, to your point, it's, it's almost like this, like, secret society or something you know and it's like it's you know nobody can know about stuff and and uh whether you know it's set up that way with the sec to protect to protect investors but it also is a, a barrier a very very strong barrier to entry as well so yeah it's like this hey i know someone who knows someone and then i know that person and that's how that's how it ended up happening really okay cool man and then from there how did you vet the syndicator, the deal? How did how did that go? Yeah. Do you want to do you, do you want to touch on some of that and I'll like close? Sure. Uh, well, for me, the to be completely open and honest, the very first deal that we invested in together, uh, I had no idea what was happening because I am not a numbers person. <laughs> um, and so I just had complete trust in Luke and what he was looking at and what he was underwriting. He actually did his own underwriting. So we have the, you know, the complete package from the, the sponsors that we were working with and Luke created his own um, spreadsheet and looked at the sensitivity analysis and what things would look like. And so I was going really based on, you know, what he was looking at and, and what he was able to, to talk to me about. Um, so he can definitely get more into the details and the weeds because, I mean, now we're able to, you know, look at a deal, talk about the details, talk about specific numbers and, and really break it down. But at the time, this was what, three, about yeah, three years about ago, three, years three, three and a half a year, uh, three years ago. And so my experience was zero. Uh, and so it was really me going on, you know, leap of faith and trusting him. And, you know, we were, we were together at the time. And so trusting him and, and knowing that he wasn't going to, you know, lose my money or run off with my money. Um, but it was really a big leap of faith for, for Luke. Yeah. So we, you know, on, on those, on the, on the deal that Daisy ended up investing in, I mean, I did, I ended up taking whatever the OM had and the pro forma, like I plugged it in. And so to provide context, I have an engineering undergrad and grad degree. And so I'm like, okay, I'm like the nerdy numbers guy. And so ended up doing sensitivity analyses, just really looking at like, okay, so in year two, where does revenue have to be and where does occupancy have to be for me to not lose money, right? If the cash on cash is drops to zero. And then what does that look like in year five? Um, what does it look like if revenue stays flat for two years and expenses increase year over year, 2% or 3%? Like, it's it, to me it was I'm I'm much more about capital preservation. Like I, of course I want to end up growing, but I don't want to lose money. Like you, there's so much time. Like you can get money back. Like you cannot get time back. And so that was that was super duper important to me. Um, in terms of like non-numbers things, there was vetting the sponsors. I mean, doing a bunch of research on them, meeting them. Um, also doing research on the property management company as well to figure out like okay, so who the hell are these guys? Um, also being able to go and secret shop. So we actually secret shop the property as well. Um, and flew out to, to, uh, to Texas and we're like, Oh, we're looking to move here. And so, you know, it, like we just, I wanted to see like, okay, so like, what does the street look like? What's the area like? What, what kind of cars are here? Like, what, what, what does it look like a block away? All of that sort of stuff. You know, like I didn't want to see like super old cars that were all run down and like, you know, just like trash everywhere. I'm like, okay, like, it can, does this all make sense? I want to see how, 
how, you know, the, the property manager ended up greeting us when we walked in, um, were they trying to actually get the apartment rented? It was all of those sorts. It was those sorts of things as well that we ended up looking at. So, um, yeah, yeah. And we also met with one of the GPs. Um, so that was something that we did. We met with him. He was also based out of LA. And so we were able to meet in person, you know, have a conversation, get to know each other and, um, just really understand who, who he was as a person. I think that was really big in terms of, you know, being able to, to trust who we're working with. Um, there was already a referral because of Luke's friend, uh, but then also just, you know, trust but verify, right? Just make yeah. sure that you're working with somebody who's decent and honest. And so just doing our homework on that end, whether it was with meeting with him, with, you know, doing our research, talking to other people that have invested with him and really understanding who it is that we were going to uh, invest with. And can, can you tell us, for, for our audience who are not familiar with this, or probably, you know how everybody is, they want to, they want to see the process from A to C, right? Uh, what, what is that, that, the timeline that we're looking at from you doing your due diligence on, the, uh, on, on this, for this investment? Yeah, for, for one of the, I guess the larger of the two assets that we're involved with, really that ended up ultimately being a couple of months um, that was partly, it was partly meeting the sponsor, doing underwriting, um, and then being able to, um, being able to go out there and secret shop them as well. Um, I mean, typically, I think they typically run about a month, month and a half ish for, you know, how long they kind of kept things open back then. Um, and so that, that's, you know, I'd say that that was how long they had it open for, but um, we had a little bit of early access to, to the deal before they ended up doing their webinar and answering and doing a Q and A on that. So, um, I mean, that being said, there was a bunch of work and like self teaching way before all of that, that went into understanding, like just, you know, jargon and terminology and, and knowing that like, okay, we're sold on this MSA specifically and it makes sense and um, sold on this asset class. So, um, yeah, I guess that answers that answers the question. Yeah, definitely. And and let me ask you that. So when you did the due diligence, you're ready to pull the trigger. You know, uh, things start happening like that, right? Can you explain to us? Okay, this is the like like uh, Daisy said, it's a, the leap of faith. What was the uh, the the emotions going through? It's like okay, I'm about to give these these people, you know, a bunch of money. Let's see what happens. And 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 also the emotions, you know, they close the deal. And how long the deal was for? And I mean, did you guys get your your money back, or are you still in that deal? Yeah, we're still in it. Uh, it's a five to seven year hold, and right now we're in year two. Yeah, two, two slash two and three. A half, yeah. yeah, for one and two for the other. Um, so they're still both active, and they're performing really well. Uh, both are in San Antonio. So even through right now, you know, we're still in, in the middle of COVID, um, as we'll be probably for quite some time. And so, um, yeah, they're both still performing very well, um, continuing to get distributions. We started getting distributions fairly quickly um, after acquisition. I think there was only one, one quarter, yeah. if, if that's correct. Um, and after the first, so in Q2 is when we started getting distributions. And even now through COVID, there was one quarter only when they stopped distributions just to, to have some reserves on hand. 
uh, but distributions have started again. So it was only affected for one for one quarter um, or one term. So yeah, it's it's continuing. Um, it's going really well. Uh, I think we we just we've worked with the same sponsor a couple of times, so we're just very confident in what they're doing, and they themselves continue to acquire and grow. Um, so it's been really nice too to be able to see their growth and uh, you know get to know them also right as as people and and see the kind of work that they're doing because now that we're looking to get on the active side, uh, you know there's definitely been a wealth of knowledge in terms of you know access and answering questions. And one of them was on our podcast cast recently um and so just just being able to have the access you know to to them and to ask questions has been really really good yeah what about the emotions oh emotions <laughs> so i was I was scared, to be honest i mean it was you know for me it, it was a lot of money and um it, I was nervous to let go. I remember when the wire transfer, you know, what's happening. I was like, <gasps> I still have time to pull the trigger. Or I'm sorry, to, to not pull the trigger. Um, yeah. But I think once I did it, it just motivated me to continue putting money away to do it again. And that's just, that's sort of the, the momentum that I got from it is, you know, once I did it the first time, then it was like, okay, how much money can I put away now for the next one? And like, how much money can I put away now? So it just, it became like the sense of like adrenaline after the first one, after that initial sense of like, you know, of letting it go, then it was just continuing to do it again. So yeah, I think, I think for me, it was more of a, a sense of accomplishment just because, you know, I'd been thinking about this for so many years and had it on my radar for so many years that I was like, okay, well, like now the rubber meets the road sort of thing. All right, let's like move forward. Let's get this taken care of sort of thing. Um, and so that's, that was, yeah, it was really a sense of accomplishment for me. I would, I would end up saying was the main emotion. I don't know if that's an emotion, but that's what was going through my head. And, oh, yeah. and to be honest, Luke is very easy. So he doesn't, he doesn't I don't get too high. I don't get too low. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was very much so his personality for sure. That's, that's cool. awesome, man. No, that's pretty cool because yeah, I mean, you, you're invested in a big, I think this one's a 255, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's 253. Yeah, no, that, that, I mean, that's a lot of units and you have to have trust in that sponsor. That's right. So is this a, what class, uh, class A? It, was it already stabilized? They're, they're both solid class Bs. Um, so, I mean, we can, I mean, we can talk specifics. I don't think there's, you know, the boogeyman isn't going to come and arrest us for that. Uh, so yeah, they're, um, the group that we work with is Wildhorn Capital. Um, Reed Goosens, who has his podcast, Invest in the U.S. and also Andrew Campbell. Um, mm -hmm. And so both of these assets are in San Antonio. One is now called the Joseph, that's 192 units. And then the other is called uh, the Lila, that's 253. But they're both solid B-class assets, some deferred maintenance. They know that there's rent growth. They're you know, doing interior, exterior improvements um, on probably three quarters of the property in order to, to drive some rent growth. Um, and yeah, solid B-class B -class assets in B-class areas. No, that's really good, man. That's really good. Yeah, no, you guys got into a good deal. That's really exciting. Yeah, German, what you got? No, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. And what's the goal for you guys in regards to, to investing? Are you guys going to keep doing it passively? Are you guys going to go actively and, and syndicate money since you have the experience now? Or what's the goal? Yeah, the goal is to continue both. Uh, we want to continue definitely investing passively and, you know, working with other um, other sponsors and other groups that are, you know, doing doing great in, in the area, uh, but also to, to jump over to the active side. So, uh, you know, because Texas is a market that we've invested in and that we know that's that's our target market. 
um, or I guess target state uh, <laughs> in this case. But uh, yeah, so that's that's what we're looking at right now is building our team um, and, you know, going out there um, regularly to, you know, to be able to meet uh, brokers, meet lenders, meet just meet everybody, right? Right now it's, it's really on, on building the team. Yeah. Um, and also the other side of it is also the underwriting part. So now that I got over my fear and my insecurities and, you know, um, limited beliefs about, about numbers, uh, and that I actually enjoy the numbers, um, just diving into the underwriting and really understanding what the numbers are saying has been really big for me. So that those are the, the really the two focuses is focusing on, on underwriting on, you know, getting deal funnels and, and obviously with, you know, building our, our team as well. Awesome. Awesome. So you guys, wh where are you now in that stage of team building? What, what is missing? Because you never know. Someone could be listening and they reach out to you and they're like, hey, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the few main pieces right now, um, we're, we're reaching out to KPs right now in order to have those strategic partners on our team. Um, we're, we're moving forward. We have, we have some partners on the capital raising side that we're working with as well. Um, I know Daisy, Daisy can speak a bit more about that. Um, and then also right now, attorneys, attorneys is really big um, that we're working on. And, um, and then brokers, I mean, it's just, you know, it's the deal flow at the end of the day, as far as the brokers are concerned and being able to, if the off market deals are available, being able to get those or being able to have, you know, a best and final in a, in an offering as well. Awesome. And for deal flow, are you just relying on brokers or are you going yourself out to owners? Oh, at this point, it's it's solely been brokers, and it's being able to it's being able to get a lay of the land better in terms of the the MSAs that we're targeting, and seeing like okay, like where are cap rates landing, where where are these expenses landing, and where are like door price per unit um, prices landing as well. And just Texas, that's all you focus on, MS, uh, San Antonio MSA. Yeah, currently it's we've we've really been focused on Austin and DFW. Um, of course, those are like large areas especially dfw it's like a huge metroplex uh, but those are the two areas that we've been focused on we're not you know we're not married to them um so to speak but uh but those are those are where we those are two msas that we like for you know a lot of reasons that's awesome guys german you got anything I got a uh, yeah <laughs> a few more questions so changing to well one thing that i that i'm curious to ask it, again for the audience for the for the uh uh, it want to be investors, especially on the passive side. What would you guys recommend for them to to be like the first step? Uh, and I know education is a big part, but besides that, what else? What what would be another step that you guys recommend? Yeah, I would say talk to people that have invested passively um, and understand what that process looks like. Right from mm -hmm. you know getting to know a sponsor, right to doing all your research about it, but also just what are the expectations that you should have of a sponsor, right? How often should they communicate? Like what should they provide in whether it's a quarterly report, monthly report, um, monthly webinars, like what, what is that information that you should be getting? Um, and how do you interpret that? I think that's really, really big because for us, you know, we, we actually take a pretty deep dive when we get the financials and look at, okay, where, where was it, you know, where is it supposed to be at this point of, of, you know, the, the acquisition, uh, what was the pro forma, like what was it supposed to be? And so we, we, 
definitely take a deep dive on that end. Um, so I think just really trying to understand more so like what the expectations are and not being afraid to, you know, pick up the phone or email or, or reach out to them, right, um, with questions and, and just stay in communication because I think that's really the way to, to continue like learning, right? Uh, I think they're a, a great resource, but only if you tap into it. If, if you don't communicate, if you're not in touch with them, then it's a resource that's gone wasted, I think. Yeah, and I mean, for, and even having access to deals, I would say, you know, if you connect the dots, I'm sure you've had plenty of syndicators on your show, right? And then get on their list, just, you know, build like a bit of a relationship, even if it's just a one-way relationship where you're just receiving from, from them, then you see how they already communicate. And then, and then once you're there, if you fill out an investor form, right, then, I mean, that's how you get access to it ultimately, um, and you're able to see what's going on. Um, secondarily, I would say figure out what your what your goals are, whatever that means. You know, I mean, for life, right? And figure out what those are, and write those down, and stay focused on those, and that just keeps moving you in the right direction day after day. Nice. I love that, man. There's so many people I've reached out to, and they let me peek behind the curtain, and even just seeing how they react to something I send them, and they reply back an email and it might be automated, but I get to see how they process and they configure their emails. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I got it. This is how we should do it. <laughs> so it's pretty, that's a great point that you hit there. So, you know, last uh, big question here is, so we always like to kind of ask, Hey, how do you balance, you know, work life and, you know, this real estate stuff, right? It can be a lot of pressure. It can be stressful at times and, you guys are doing it, you know, as a couple, and that's awesome. So what advice do you have for people out there as far as making it work, you know, and balancing that? Because sometimes you have to take a break and focus on what's important, right? Each other, the relationship, life, just it's not all work. So how do you guys do it? You want to go? <laughs> <laughs> um, my head goes a couple of places. I mean, one, being able to, like, turn off at a certain time, right? I mean, for me, it's like, I go to bed, I wake up early, so I get to go to bed early. So for me, it's like eight o'clock. I'm like, I'm not doing any more work. It's eight o'clock. Like, I got my like sleepy glasses on. I wear these like special glasses to help me fall asleep <laughs> easier. <laughs> um, so I'd say after a certain time, you know, it's like my brain shut off and I just make that a point. And then we also, we also schedule time. We schedule time to work on real estate, but then we also schedule time to like just be together as a couple. Mm -hmm. And real estate is just not even in the equation. It might come up here and there, but we, we also try to make an active point to, to talk about other things like stuff going on with her family or stuff going on with my family, or it's like, this is what's going on at the bachelorette party, you know, which I'm not invited to. <laughs> and, uh, and I would say that um, for me, the other thing too is empathy. I'm, I, for me, it's very easy to just like, it's like, oh, I'm doing this. And then the other person isn't doing it, you know, and it's like, you know, it, that's like, that doesn't help anybody, you know, like you have to communicate and um, have some empathy in different situations and, and people move at different paces, so to speak. And then also um, people are able to work at different times, you know, like I'm able to have some more flexibility and Daisy's able to end up doing stuff at, during the evening when I don't want to. So that's, that's just kind of, you know, the stuff that I have to, to spitball off of. Um, I don't know, what do you have these? Yeah, I mean, I think a big thing for us, something that we started doing even before real estate is that every Sunday we talk about our week. 
and we look at, you know, what do we have going on? How can we support each other? Um, you know, what's the finances, right? How much you got? How much I got? Um, how much know, we got? But it's all those things, right, that, that make a big difference. Because, um, you know, as you mentioned, right, it's not just real estate, it's family, it's time together, it's, yeah. you know, what we want to do. And Sometimes it is hard um, to not talk about real estate because so many things revolve around it for us, whether it's, you know, with like brokers or with like partners or organizations that we're part of or um, with the podcast, right? Because we're always thinking like, ooh, there we found somebody that would be awesome for the podcast or whatever the case may be, right? So sometimes we do have to say like, okay, this is the last thing and then we'll move on. But then we just keep talking about it for a while, right? So I think it's just, as long as it's not taking away from the relationship, it's not bad to talk about it. Um, but it's when it's taking away or one or the other feels like it's, they're not, you know, being heard or whatever the case may be. I think that's where, you know, maybe it's a little bit different. But um, I think because we're both just really passionate about it and just really ready to see where this takes us next, um, I think it's, it's not it doesn't feel like work to be able to, you know, to work together. It's, it's actually really cool because no, no. now, I mean, you know, something I never thought mattered to me is to be able to, when we have kids, to be able to spend time with them, right? So that's a big part of our why together is because, you know, for me to be able to stay home with the kids, um, which I was raised very, like, independent, feminist, like, you know, don't depend on a man, um, and so it was just a mind shift, right, for me to be like, yeah, I do want to be able to, you know, work from home and have this, you know, source of income, but also, you know, be there for our kids and for our family. Um, so I think it's just, it's all together. I don't really see it as a balance because I think it's, it, it just meshes too much for us to be able to like keep it separate. It just, it's all together every day. And yeah. One last thing that I would add to, I know you, I know both of you are fans of Uncle G. That's, that's Grant Cardone for anyone who doesn't yeah. know. But I mean, something that he's talked about is that, is that Elena's there and she's helping to push him. Right. And so that's what it's, I mean, honestly, that's what it's been for me. You know, Daisy has very complimentary skill sets to me. And so, I mean, without, I would say without her, I don't know that I would be where I am now with real estate. And I don't, and I don't think that'd be where I'm, where I'm going to be in five years from now and where we're going to be five years from now together. So, I mean, that's the other part. It's like having a partner who's there, who's supportive, um, just ends up making a, it makes a world of difference when you're on the same page with that. That's Man, that's cool. amazing. And the fact that real estate is part of your relationship, that's awesome because yeah, the, the reality is when, when you're working together, it's not work anymore. It's just... It's just part of your life, and, and, and it's fun. I don't know. To me, real estate investing is, is fun. I, I enjoy every second of it, and, and I can work seven days a week on it and, and talk about it all day. You know? like, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm happy with it. So that's pretty cool that you guys actually were able to, to, to put it all together. Yeah, no, that's great, guys. I love and, that. And, and going off topic, and I know my brother said, you know, last question, but it's just I'm curious to know because uh, you're, you're probably – the only guest that mentioned community, uh, family, you know, yeah. and another thing that you mentioned is the fact that you you tell people that you know and that are not aware about not paying taxes. So, and I know for Daisy, you go to women's real estate meetups, right? It's in real estate, uh, the, um, the industry doesn't have that many women 
involved in real estate and investing in the finances and all that stuff. So um, I think it's pretty important. So can, can you talk about that? Can you talk also what is it that you guys plan or are currently doing for the community? And, and can you talk about educating people or how do people take it when you tell it, well, you know, you don't pay taxes. You can actually do this and it's legal because I tell people and I put it on a lot of my posts, you know, it's like, well, if you do this, you don't pay taxes. And, and, and some people are like, what are you talking about? You know, so in uh, the fact that I hear a lot of people always complaining, you know, the rich don't pay taxes. And I tell people, well, instead of you criticizing, why don't you ask the question, like, how is it that they don't pay taxes? Why don't you educate? Because exactly. And, and like you say, look, real estate investing, it has a really, it's, it's, it's not easy to get into. But once you educate yourself a little bit, that's the entry point to it, you know, and every, anybody can do it. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how, what, what's your, your, uh, where you came from. Uh, it's not one of those industries where you need to be wealthy to be in it. So can you just talk a little bit about that? And I don't want to take much of your time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can talk about this all day. Um, so, I mean, community and family for me means everything. Like it's the foundation of everything that I do. Uh, and so it was really important when we started working together to be able to incorporate that. And so that's really how the podcast came about for us. Uh, it was, you know, we, we always talked about, you know, to our friends and to people about, you know, what we were doing. But, you know, you see friends or family like every so often. And so you don't you're not able to get really deep into conversations about, you know, all the benefits and how you do it. Right. And so we decided to start the podcast because we wanted to create more access for millennials, for you know, people in our community and our families to be able to invest um, and to know that it's possible. And the feedback that we've gotten has been amazing. I mean, from people, complete strangers that, you know, found us or listened to us on a podcast and, you know, we shared our story and they were like, wow, like you're doing all of this. And I'm like, and I always tell people, you don't have to be a numbers person because I was so intimidated by the numbers that, you know, that held me back for a long time. And so it's really just having the access, putting in the work, because you have to be able to, to learn to, you know, be around the right people and, and educate yourself. But, um, you know, once you create that access and that opportunity, then, then it's just like a rolling ball. So something that we've talked about is with our active, um, our active deal is that we are going to set a certain amount of that for non-accredited investors. And we're going to open that up to our family and to our friends, to people that don't need the qualification necessarily for an accredited investor, uh, but want to get started because then that way they'll see, you know, what, what it looks like, right? Um, and also start to get the benefits. And I think that's just a trickle effect. I think all it takes is one person um, to, you know, to create that opportunity. And then from there, you know, it, it can create like changes for so many generations and so many families. So, yeah. That's pretty awesome. The only thing that I would add to that is like, you, you know, if, like, if we don't do it, well, who will, right? And so people want to, people want change. It's like, okay, well, this is, this is a way to really enact the way, yeah, change. And so that's, you know, that's the path that we're on together. Yeah. And something that we started recently um, is over the summer, we had my 17 year old brother uh, as our, our marketing intern. So, you know, he's, he knows he's starting to learn some of the terminology and different things, but just having access. Uh, you know, to that for, you know, my nieces and my nephew, um, just just for them to have access and know that that's something that's possible is really, really big, uh, whether it's with them or with our Ahada, um, you know, to for people to just know that this is something that you can do. So 
we just try to, you know, talk about it and not always talk about it, you know, because sometimes people don't want to hear it, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But I think when you talk about the benefits and how it can help them versus the, the like, details of it, that, that definitely goes a long way. That's yeah. amazing. No, that's amazing. I love it, guys. You guys are, are, are killing it. And I love you guys' podcast, too. So we're going to go ahead and start wrapping it up. I just want to hit one clarifying point just for the listeners that – when we say not paying taxes, we don't mean that people don't pay taxes. What we mean is that you can lower your tax owed to zero or even less over a period of time. Uh, that's what the wealthy do. Uh, they pay what they owe, which sometimes might be zero. Um, but we're not saying do not pay your taxes. All right. Two different things. We don't avoid evade taxes. That's against the law. <laughs> I, I just want to I just want to sell the idea. <laughs> but you gotta but words mean know, things man you can't say you know you don't pay taxes because everyone pays taxes they just pay what they owe yeah, exactly. but things. you cannot yeah you, but that's true you can minimize it in in, in actually if you make it good in, in and depending on how the investment goes it could go uh, down to zero um so yeah that's that's yeah. exactly what i meant <laughs> all right and then that, uh, guys, so, you know, if you could just tell our audience where they can find you, tell them about your podcast and everything else. Yeah, so our podcast is Make It Rain, multifamily real estate investing for millennials. We're at makeitrainpodcast.com. We're on all platforms. We're at Make It Rain Podcast on Instagram. Um, you can reach out to us on LinkedIn. Um, my name, if you search my name, I'm the only one. You know, if you search Daisy, she's likely the only one. Um, but yeah, mine's uh, LinkedIn.com slash in slash Luke DeBro. And then Daisy, yours is Daisy Dash Serrano. Uh, yeah. And um, I don't know, where else do you want to give out your email, phone number, Snapchat? Um, I don't have Snapchat. Uh, I just want to say that, you know, whoever is interested in, in reaching out and chatting, we're, we're always excited to talk oh, to yeah. people that are interested in, <clears throat> in investing or just interested in learning more, um, you know, and just want to have like a 15 minute chat about what's possible and the opportunities and just what what it is, right? What it is to invest and to be in, in, in um, real estate. So, yeah, we're always just happy to, to meet new people and, and to be able to provide more access. So definitely reach out to us. Awesome. Awesome stuff, guys! And, and, again, and before we close, yeah, before we close, a uh, congratulations because uh, you guys are about to to get married. So you guys make an amazing amazing couple. So <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. actually it's, it's literally a month from today is uh, is the wedding day. So awesome, nice well, man. We we're gonna put the place, time, and date on the uh, on the comments so people crush the. Uh, <laughs> 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 just blow up your instagram (laughs) (laughs) but yeah thank you guys for coming on it it was awesome talking to you and it's been awesome getting to know you guys uh and we'll keep chatting 